0: the separation of church and state. Have you heard about that? Yeah, it's pretty constant for us, isn't it, right? I mean, it's always in in the news, it's always in the battle, and yet I find it so interesting that that here we have a a holiday uh, that is proclaimed by the President that is focused on the experience of our nation, recognize the incredible incredible goodness and providence of God uh, in our life. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because you know everybody gets a day off and we can watch the uh, Dallas Cowboys play or the Lions play or whatever. But uh, nobody seems to complain about it. Isn't that interesting? Uh, part of it, I think, is because it is so embedded uh, in our experience as a nation. This this thread of thankfulness. Um, I mean, you all know the story, right? It goes back to to the Pilgrims' experience when they came to this. This new world, and if you haven't heard the story for a while, I just lift off a, a few highlights along the way. You know that the the pilgrims uh, left to come to the new world uh, back in September 16th of 1620. Uh, they left on uh, two ships called the Speedwell and and uh, the Mayflower, and uh, they took off. Things did not go well from the beginning. Uh, from the beginning, they left and. And the Speedwell, you know, got partway onto the journey, not that far, but partway on the journey. And the, the speed well had to uh, turn around, turn around and, and go back. I guess it wasn't so speedy or so well. It had to turn around and go back. And so 11 passengers from the Speedwell were transferred onto the Mayflower. And so the Mayflower uh, ventured forward toward the New World with 102 passengers and, and 30 crew. You're going to want to remember that number, by the way. So just remember that. Well, they ventured forward, and again, things did not go so well. Uh, They ventured forward, and as they went, they met uh, fierce uh, storms in the passage, and they got about at the halfway mark, and the the storm was so fierce that the main beam, the main mast in in the ship uh, was, was cracked. Now, I'm not a sailor, but that sounds like not a good thing. Do you agree? Yeah, that's not really doing well, right? So they're venturing forward. Things are going against them. Uh, while they were going along, two, uh, two crew members uh, died. Two folks on the ship died. Uh, good news in the middle of it is that they also had a birth. A new baby was born on the way. Finally, uh, November 11th of 1620, they sighted land, and they landed at uh, Cape Cod. And William Bradford, uh, leader of the Pilgrims, uh, wrote this. After long beatings at sea, they fell with that land which is called Cape Cod, and they were not a little joyful. Isn't that a great way of saying they were kind of happy? They were not a little joyful. <laughs> They're pretty darn happy, right? They finally made the passage through, through all of the battles and the obstacles and everything that worked against them to, to make this passage. They finally made the passage, and they finally got to the new world. They got to the New World, and before they started the, the, the development, they, they did something called the Mayflower Compact. What's so interesting is that from the get-go, from the beginning, they, they embedded the spirit of thanksgiving. If you look at the Mayflower Compact, in there it, it quotes a scripture, and it says, let them therefore praise the Lord because he is good and his mercies endure forever. So they went through all of this battle to get to the new world, all of the struggle, everything working against them. And yet when they got there, what was their spirit and their attitude? It was a spirit and attitude of thankfulness, of recognizing God is so good. Now, what's really interesting about that is they got to the new world and they got to Cape Cod. The problem is they got to the wrong place. That's not where they were supposed to go. They were supposed to land up in Virginia, and instead they landed at Cape Cod and not only did they get there in the wrong place but then the wrong time they were really late in getting over the the passage to the New World took much longer than it was anticipated because of the battle they had to go through and so they got there so late that winter was was setting in in November and it was getting cold they didn't have time to set up uh, build homes and shelters so sickness hit them and so uh, William Bradford would also uh, write this of their first time, their first uh, experience, the first winter there in the New World. That which was most sad and lamentable was that in two or three months' time, half of our company died, especially in January and February, being the depth of winter and wanting houses and other comforts, being infected with scurvy and other diseases. There died sometime two or three of a day. Sound like things are going well? Yeah, of those who came over, remember I told you, remember the number? Of those who came over, the 102 passengers and the 30 crew, by this time, there were only 53 passengers and 15 crew members left of those who came over to the New World. And it gets worse. They came over to the New World. They came at the wrong time. They didn't get the crops planted. When they finally got the crops planted, their their first crops failed. And then finally, when they amassed something to send back to the to the old world to try to generate some income and send, send some goods back to the old world, the goods that they sent were pirated. So they got nothing. Are things going well? Not at all, right? I mean, they're having difficulty after difficulty after difficulty. And so finally in 1623, an amazing thing happens, and the governor, William Bradford, calls for a day of thanksgiving. Here's what he says. To all ye pilgrims, inasmuch as the great Father has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, squashes, and garden vegetables, and has made the forest to abound with game and the sea with fish and clams, and inasmuch as he has protected us from the raids of savages, has has spared us from the pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience, now I, your magistrate, do proclaim that all ye pilgrims with your wives and ye little ones do gather at ye meeting house on ye hill between the hours of 9 and 12 in the daytime on Thursday, November, ye 29th of the year of our Lord, 1,623, and the third year since we ye pilgrims landed on ye Plymouth Rock, there to listen to ye, pastor, and render thanksgiving to ye Almighty God for all His blessings. Did ye get that? Right. By By the way, just a little subpoint. This is what pastor's like to point these little things out. Did you notice how long they were in worship that day? Huh? Are Are you hearing me on that one? Okay. So turn the watches off and the alarms on all that. Stuff. Yeah. Nine to noon. Not a bad deal. Well. I mean, isn't this fascinating, though? I I find this really fascinating, you know? I mean, here these people are, who they're coming to this new world, right? And they came with such dreams and hopes and expectations. Can you imagine everything that when they got on those ships to begin with, all that they brought with them to, to, to this new world, right? And all the way along, they're experiencing difficulties and challenges and disappointments. And setbacks. I mean, things are difficult for them. And yet, three years into the whole experience, what is it they do? They stop, they pause, and they say, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. See, embedded in their life, these pilgrims, embedded in their life is a spirit of thanksgiving. And that spirit of thanksgiving gets embedded also in our nation. And you can see it as as time goes forward, when the the new nation is is born, uh, and our first president, George Washington, in uh, 1789, issues a proclamation uh, calling on on the colonies to uh, not have separate little Thanksgiving days, but but to have a a unified day of Thanksgiving. He wrote in 1789, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God to obey His will, to be grateful of his benefits and humbly to implore his protection and favor. By the way, remember that paragraph when you're talking to the folks about this separation of church and state thing? It's kind of a good paragraph to remember, don't you think? Now, Washington goes on, whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November next, to be voted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the benefit, bene, beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, and that will be. Isn't it awesome? I mean, it's kind of embedded, is, is this experience of a spirit of thanksgiving. Uh, and, and that continues on in our nation. So when, when the nation is torn apart by, by Civil War, toward toward the end of the Civil War in 1863, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln uh, calls for the same day, a day of, of thanksgiving. And he names the last Thursday in November. And by 1941, uh, Congress enacted and said that the fourth Thursday in November would be uh, a day of thanksgiving uh, for our country. Kind of a little uh, sub-note, I don't, I don't remember the president, but one of the presidents along the way uh, tried to move it to the third Thursday in November because he wanted to extend the shopping holiday for Christmas. Isn't that great? Yeah, it didn't work, but that's where all those, you know, why you're hearing Christmas songs before Thanksgiving even comes, right? It's not a new thing. Right? Well, what's the point? I mean, the deal is for us this morning is to recognize it's somewhat of a dual morning for us. Because we're people of this land, we're people of the country, uh, there is this, this part of our heritage that has embedded in our country the spirit of thanksgiving. And, and we should be grateful, acknowledge, and rejoice that that spirit exists. You know, that, that folks aren't just getting off because the Cowboys or Lions play and it's Turkey Day and all those things. But it really should be for us a time when our nation pauses to recognize the incredible goodness of God. But now for us, for, for Christ followers, right? For, for people who are who are Christ followers, for us, it's a great day to have a day of, of thanksgiving as a nation. But for us, it's just another day in terms of our spirit of thanksgiving, isn't it? That, that I mean, Thanksgiving Day shouldn't be just one day for people who are, are Christ followers. Thanksgiving Day ought to be another day in all the days where we experience that spirit of of thanksgiving in our lives let let me show you where Paul challenges us with that if you go to 1 Thessalonians 5 he writes to that church at Thessalonica Uh, in the 18th verse he says whatever happens keep thanking God because of Jesus Christ this is what God wants you to do what does God want you to do Oh, be thankful doesn't he now notice the first two words in that verse what are they Whatever happens. Are there any distinctions, boundaries, or limitations to those two words? None at all. Whatever happens. Whatever takes place in your life. Whatever happens. If if you meet a storm, if you meet a difficulty, if the mask gets cracked in half, whatever. If the winter is tough, if the crops fail, if the pirates take the goods, whatever. Whatever happens. The call to us is to still be engaged and exercise a spirit of thanksgiving. What's the point? For we Christ followers, the spirit of thanksgiving is not dependent, depending on the circumstances we experience. That we we can have this incredible spirit of thanksgiving in whatever happens. Now, now there's a subtle distinction. It doesn't mean that we're thankful for all the difficulties and we're thankful for all the hardships and we're thankful for all the challenges. It does mean that in the midst of the difficulties, in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of the disappointments, we can still be thankful. You see the difference? It's not saying, look, be thankful for whatever comes into your life. You know, there's some stuff that's going to come into our life. It's not going to be good. Because I mean, we live in a broken world. We make bad decisions. And we walk contrary to God. Remember Jonah? And we just gave you that clip, by the way, to remind you about Jonah, right? Yeah, Wasn't she great, that little girl? Awesome. But, you know, I mean, not everything that comes in our life is going to be good. We, we know that. Not everything's going to be good. But the gift to us is that whatever happens, whatever happens, we have the ability to exercise a thankful spirit. If you need more evidence, you can go to Ephesians. And uh, Paul, talking to the church at Ephesus, says, Speak out to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments, and making melody with all your heart to the Lord. Now, I highlighted this for you. Shall we say the bold stuff together so you get it? You ready? At all times and for everything, giving thanks. When? At all times and for everything. Isn't that awesome? You see, embedded in us as a Christ follower is that incredible ability to rise above our circumstances because in all things, in everything, we can have a spirit of thanksgiving. We can have a spirit of thanksgiving. And that spirit of thanksgiving, when you start exercising that in everything, it lifts you above. It really does. When, when difficulties come into your life, when challenges, disappointments, heartache, all that stuff we know we're going to experience, when that comes into your life, you see, it's so easy for us to fall into a different spirit, to fall into the spirit of complaining. Okay, And the Bible warns us about the spirit of complaining. It gives us kind of this beware of the spirit of complaining. It, it comes in Philippians 2. It says, Do all things, <laughs> all things, Do all things without grumbling and fault-finding and complaining against God and questioning and doubting among yourselves. Do you know people who have the spirit of complaining? You do, don't you? No matter what happens, they're always going to find a complaint about it. No matter what happens, they're always going to find a way to grumble about it. No matter what happens, they're always going to find the downside of it, right? And there's people who are just captured by the spirit of complaining. I mean, can you imagine the pilgrims when they they first got here? How easy would the pilgrims get to the new land and say, Oh my gosh, this is horrible. I mean, this is horrible. We're in the wrong place. We're at the wrong time. The crops are failing. I mean, this is just a disaster. I mean, they could have got so captured by a spirit of complaining. And yet they endured because they exercised a spirit of thanksgiving. Right? They exercised the spirit of thanksgiving and they stayed away from the spirit of complaining. When we exercise that spirit of thanksgiving, it raises us up. When we exercise the spirit of complaining, it draws us backward. It draws us backward. Because the spirit of complaining focuses on what's behind us. And the spirit of of thanksgiving focuses on what's in front of us let me show you that it's thanks you see we can give thanks and have the spirit because of not who we are but because who god is in our lives right here's the way it shows up first peter and and first peter is a book that's written to people who are experiencing real difficulties uh, in their life because they're following christ okay notice what he says right away in verse six so be truly glad (laughs) where's he starting A spirit of thanksgiving, isn't he? Right away, he's starting with a spirit of thanksgiving. Be truly glad. Why? Well, there is a wonderful joy where? Ahead. Which way is he looking in a spirit of thanksgiving? He's looking ahead, right? He's saying, look, I can exercise and be truly glad in all circumstances, in all difficulties, in everything that I face, no matter what happens in my I can be truly glad and exercise a spirit of thanksgiving because I know who God is. And God is a God who has my future secure. I know who God is. It's not about who I am. It's who God is. I know who God is and God has my future secure. Look what he says there is wonderful joy ahead even though you have to endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. He even sees opportunity in the difficulties for God to work in your life. Isn't that awesome? You see when we exercise this spirit of thanksgiving it raises above the difficulties because it pushes us to look forward in our lives to what God has yet to do. When you get captured by the spirit of complaining, it makes you look backwards. Uh, I can prove this to you. You've had this experience, I'm sure, where where somebody something's happened, disappointment, difficulty, challenge, whatever has happened in their lives, and and what do they say? They say something like, "I, I just I don't get it. I didn't do anything to deserve this. Have you heard this before? Which way are they looking? Well, I didn't do anything back there to deserve this. They're looking backwards, right? And who are they looking at? They're looking at themselves. I didn't do anything to deserve this. You see, what what Paul would invite us to is exercise the spirit of thanksgiving that looks at who God is and looks forward to what God has yet to do in our lives. This This is what gives us the ability to give thanks even in the difficulty. Because we know God is still in charge of our lives. God's still in charge of our future. Why is this important to us? Well, not only does this pull us forward like it did the pilgrims, to pull them forward and, and to keep moving forward in that spirit of thanksgiving, but this is an incredible witness that we have as Christ followers. You see, the country is only taking one day to exercise the spirit of thanksgiving, right? For us, it's every day. It's an opportunity every day to exercise the spirit of thanksgiving. And when we do it every day, it becomes the opportunity for us to make that witness to the rest of the world. If you uh, look at First uh, Peter, uh, he says in the second chapter, Always let others see see you behaving properly, even though they may still accuse you of doing wrong. Wrong. Then on the day of judgment, they will honor God by telling the good things they saw you do. What's he he's telling us? Right. This, this is our witness. This is our witness. Let, let me give you this one. What would happen if tomorrow, when you went back to work, and and uh, you decided as you were going to go to work. Tomorrow, you were going to go in there with a the spirit of thanksgiving. And, and you were going to start exercising that spirit of thanksgiving with all your co workers. I mean, you were just going to exercise the spirit of thanksgiving and, and start just being thankful for them and, and reaffirming them. And and I mean, what would happen if when they gather around the cooler, instead of getting captured by the spirit of complaining, uh, and, and they say, Well, how was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, instead of talking about how the turkey was underdone or so-and-so complained about this, what would happen if instead you would exercise the spirit of thanksgiving and say something like, hey, you know what, my thanksgiving was such a gift from God. It was so awesome just to remember how good God is in my life. Would that change the parameters of your work world? Don't you think? Wouldn't that change some things? And what, what are you doing? Well, you're just exercising a spirit of thanksgiving and making that witness. And, and here's what's going to happen. If you start exercising that spirit of thanksgiving, right? You get real intentional about it. You start exercising that spirit of thanksgiving. People are going to start coming to you after a while, and they're going to say things like, How do you do it? I mean, I, I, mean, I know some of the challenges you face. In your life and disappoint. I mean, how do you do it? How how do you stay up all the time? I mean, how how do you how do you stay so positive all the time? How do you just keep moving forward like that all the time? I mean, talk about an open door of opportunity that God created for you to just walk through with that person and say, you know, it's not about me. It's just I am so grateful for what God has done in my life. I I can't imagine but being thankful. Would this make a difference? You see, the spirit of thanksgiving is not just a one-day event for our nation. It's an everyday event and opportunity for us as Christ followers. And what's the root of it? What's what's, what's the foundation? How can can we do this? How can we make this happen? We make this happen because real thanksgiving, it doesn't come from the proclamation of a president. Everyday thanksgiving comes from our relationship of understanding how good God is to us in Jesus Christ. That's it. It it comes to us in Colossians uh, Colossians 2. Colossians 2 says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him, let your roots grow down into him, and, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, And you will overflow with what? Is that awesome or what? You see the way it works? You see, the reason that we can have this spirit of thanksgiving is because we know, we know how good God is in Christ Jesus to each one of us. We can be so overwhelmingly thankful. You see, there isn't a day that goes by in my life that that I'm not reminded of how broken I am and how good God is. And, and that memory, that, that understanding, that, that growing deeper in knowing what Jesus did for me can lead nowhere else but the opportunity of a spirit of thanksgiving. Not because the president proclaims it, but because Jesus Christ accomplished it on a hill outside Jerusalem. Because Jesus Christ laid aside everything so that I can be new and I can be forgiven. And that's got to initiate, that's got to overflow into a spirit of thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, the holiday, great day, fantastic day. But living a life that is a thanksgiving life will change other lives. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, we are so humbled, we really are, by everything that you accomplished in Jesus for each one of us in this room. Keep us mindful, keep us so rooted and grounded in that goodness that it would overflow in that everyday spirit of thanksgiving that would would lift us above the challenges and the disappointments and the difficulties, just just like it lifted those pilgrims long ago, that we can be so awestruck by how faithful you are, and that that we can let that flow not into just our lives and our days, but into the lives of other people, that, that we can overcome that spirit of complaining and instead push it aside and achieve that spirit of thanksgiving that will impact other people and set them free. Father, we thank you not only for one day, but we thank you for every day, every day that we can live thankful in Jesus Christ. It's in his name we pray. Amen.